There are certain people that have the ability to reach out and touch many, many lives. The people around them are affected by just how wonderful this certain person is. And Andrew Bagby, the main character in this documentary that I'm going to talk about in the actor's room, proves just how important one life can be and how touching their story is and how tragic and devastating it could be as well. The documentary is called Dear Zachary, A Letter to a Son About His Father. And it was recommended by one of my listeners to do it. I watched it and it affected me deeply. We're going to talk about it. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this show. Okay, Andrew Bagby was a likable person, period. Very likable. If you watch the doc, I think it's plain as day. And I'm sure 100% of you will agree that Andrew was a good man. So why in the hell did he start dating Shirley Turner. So we're going to get right into this. This documentary recommended and doing it now. Took a while to do it. Sat down a few weeks ago to do it. Couldn't get through it. Sat down last week. Didn't even press play on my phone. We're going to try to do it this day. (laughs) I hope I can do it. Nothing has affected me more in a doc. Then when watching this one, (laughs) Dear Zachary, done in 2008. It was directed by a good friend of Andrew, and his name was Kurt. They grew up together in San Jose, California, Kurt and Andrew. Kurt was always interested in film. So at an early age, Kurt would... Produce, write, and direct films that Andrew would act in. They were close, and they both enjoyed their company. And I want to say that Andrew Bagby was special. Um, And I think he was special in a lot of different ways. He was the kid in class that would come up to a, a new kid and say, Hi, I'm Andrew And I want to show you around. I'll be your friend. He was that guy. So he was favorable among all of his classmates. He was, his personality was top notch. A good friend. So I wanted to set that up there. So it's out of the way. So the main point that I brought up in the very beginning. Right. This personable young man smart his two wonderful parents good good upbringing right solid solid um bright future 
going to medical school, wants to be a doctor. The only college that he could find to accept him was in Canada. And during his schooling, he meets Shirley Turner and dates her. And I think it was just sort of Andrew being lonely. And I get that, okay, you're not dating anyone, you're lonely. Um, But I think Andrew was very lonely and very down. And we're going to talk about something in this documentary that nobody talks about. But I want to talk about it. (laughs) It bothers me so much in this story that no one really brings it up because they don't want to, but I do. Why was he dating Shirley Turner? Because he was dumped by his fiance. That's right. Andrew was engaged not long before he met Shirley Turner, the psychopath. What the hell happened that his fiance broke it off? How come that is never talked about? And I get it. Okay. Relationships. It happens. Right? You break up. Very common. Sure. I get it. Very common. Relationships break up. Absolutely. Marriages break up. I understand. But we're not talking about just a relationship where you're dating We're not talking about a serious relationship where you're living together, talking marriage. They were engaged, which means plans were made. You're making this commitment before the big commitment. Getting engaged, folks, it's a big deal. That's saying, I love you. You love me. We're going to get married. Let's like Just getting to that point is one hell of a step. Okay. The next one, of course, is marriage. But you already know you're getting married. So you already made that commitment. I'm going to put this plainly. This affected Andrew on a level that I don't think he understood. So, (laughs) if anybody out there knows... And I'm sure nobody does, but Andrew, who has passed, and his fiance. And I'm sure I have her name. I just don't have it handy right now. Because I'm that type of guy. I just, I can't even look at her in the dock. And she might be a wonderful person. And she probably is a wonderful person. But you know something? She dumped Andrew. And it almost ruined him to the point that he started dating a psychopath. Okay, I'm going to take a step back. Because I had to pause for a second to regain my composure. And to take, I'm going to take a sip of water and I'm going to relax for a minute here. Because, mm. Okay, sorry. I'm not saying that this fiancé is the reason why... Okay. <laughs> Is the reason why things happened the way they did. I'm not saying that. I'm not. But 
in the story. It's so important in the story. If they didn't break up, the tragedy of this dock never happens. And there's two tragedies that happen in the dock. Both of those tragedies wouldn't have happened. Hey, folks, you know what? I just, what? That's what I do. That's what I do. And I'll probably bring it up again later in the show just to reiterate what I just said again because it means a lot to me. It is a driving force in this documentary that makes me angry. <laughs> Andrew seems like a great guy. If you decide to get married to him, like, then why did you even get engaged? Why? And what the frick happened that you had to break his heart like that? Because you did. Uh, lady friend, you did. His heart was just crushed. So let's get on with it. Got that one out of the way pretty quick. I thought I'd end up talking about that like at the end of the show. But I came right out of the gate with that one. <laughs> and those of you who know this story, right? And have seen the doc, okay? And you didn't think about this and going, boy, that chef is a f- a-hole to bring that up. She had, you know, and she had nothing to do with it, of course, the tragedies. She didn't. But <laughs> when you really think back, it's like, what happened there? What? I mean, was Andrew cheating on her? Doubt it. Was Andrew being a prick to her? Him. <laughs> was Andrew being a prick to her? I, once again, doubtful. I don't see it. Was he... What did he do? What? I mean, did she, the fiancé, realize um, their friendship was too valuable and she didn't want that to end and they should just be friends? The whole, old oh, let's just be friends line? After an engagement? I'm just trying to make sense of it. In my brain, like, the computing aspect of my brain, it's like... Nothing. I can't think of it. And I know she broke it off. Not not Andrew. Andrew didn't break it off. She did. So it's not like he broke it off, right? And this happened, right? No, no, no. She broke it off. And then this happened. So, that part of the story... As you can tell, it just... Because what happens to Andrew and his son? Wow. And Andrew's buddy, Kurt, who directed this doc, I thought he did a wonderful job. And and this doc is biased. Of course it is. All docs are. Well, 95% of them are. Most documentaries are biased. They have an opinion on something and they put it on the film and they show it to us. Well, this one by Kurt, Andrew's friend, was biased. I'll say it. Absolutely. Kurt loved Andrew and wanted to show how wonderful he was. And the tragedy of Shirley Turner into his life and how horrible she was. And I think he nailed it. Andrew was wonderful. Shirley, not so much. She was a disturbed person. A disturbed mind and a disturbed soul. Sick. 
Evil? I don't know. Sick? More than likely. Should we get into <laughs> Shirley Turner? Briefly, let's just talk about her, uh, her life. Just for a brief moment. Let's do it. Gah. Born January 1961 in Wichita, Kansas. She's smart. Uh, her parents divorced when she was young. And uh, I think the mom stayed with the kids and they moved to Canada. Uh, first marriage, she had a son in 1981. Of course, we're talking about Shirley. Shirley got married in 1981, had a kid. She started studying to be a doctor at that point. And I also want to mention, and I didn't do this, Shirley was 13 years older than Andrew. She liked dating younger guys. Anyway, we'll continue on Shirley Turner and her past. From 1983 to 1987, she was a teacher and very popular amongst her kids, students. In 94, don't want to get out of turn here. In uh, 1994, there are uh, reports of child abuse. Shirley is beating her kids and beating them often. Uh, yelling and beatings. She's still going for her medical degree and decides to do it without her kids. She sends two of the oldest with a mother-in-law of a previous marriage. And then one with uh, her ex-husband. In 1995, uh, kids go back with her. And in 1997, kids go back with the ex. So kids are back and forth. What a mess. What a mess. And I want to bring this up too. When you have kids and you're bouncing them around from here to there. And I understand all relationships don't work out. You got a divorce or break up with your partner you have kids with. Uh, the kids are really affected. They are. And it looks to me that Shirley was very selfish. And though it seems that she's going to school to be a doctor to provide for her children, that's not the case. Not with Shirley. In 1995, she gets her medical license. She took residence with a family practice. She was not reliable. And uh, she would be absent at her job. She used something called baby bonuses to get her degree where if you have kids, you're uh, rewarded certain money for their future. And she would do this and would collect baby bonuses for her kids' college money. But that's not how she used it. She ended up, I don't know how she somehow got her hands on this money, but she did. And she used that money on herself. Selfish. In 1999, she had relations with a younger man. She abused him, showed signs of obsession, and was hospitalized for psychiatric evaluation. I guess the boyfriend had her committed. It also says here that she had suicidal tendencies, and there was one time she had something all set up, a suicide attempt where she took a bunch of, I, I don't want to say they were non-lethal, but she took a lot of mediocre strength medications 
to try to kill herself. Instead of somebody taking a shitload of Vicodin to kill themselves. I mean, that's a potent pain reliever. She ended up taking things that you wouldn't really take to kill yourself. Anyway, she took a bunch of this medication, got all dressed up, put a dress on, and had a note saying that she was sorry about what she did. And uh, please forgive me. I'm going to kill myself. But I think it was just a pathetic way to gain attention. That just seemed the type to me. All right. So I wanted to get some background into Shirley. Because uh, she's a pretty big part of the story. And I did. So that's on for her. Let's get back to the information in the documentary. And Andrew's up in Canada studying to be a doctor. Meets Shirley. Andrew's lonely. He's down. Broken. And Shirley likes younger guys. And I believe Andrew was a bit vulnerable at this time. She pounced on Andrew. And Andrew was being doted on by Shirley. He liked that. And it was just having somebody around. She was silly. And Andrew was silly too. So I guess he found comfort in her presence. But I really think that his confidence and the like was so low. It had to have been to date this lady. You could see videos of her in the dock dancing around, acting like a moron. And you could just tell. But just by looking at somebody... If you study character, there is something really off about this lady. And all of Andrew's friends and family felt the same way. Just that there are certain things that she'd say. Off-putting. Weird. The comments. The observations. The way she treated Andrew. And the certain things she'd say. Unappropriate. But the way I see it, it was just a phase for Andrew. And... He was going to eventually see, with his eyes open, just how strange this lady was. And eventually, that did happen. She became very obsessive when Andrew got a job in New York as a surgical resident. And then she got a job in Iowa as a doctor. They're both doctors. He's going to be in New York. And she's going to be in Iowa. Long distance relationship. Good luck with that. So they're already sort of separating at that point. Which was fine for Andrew. I don't think she missed her that much. I don't think he missed her that much. I think that she was obsessed with him. She had an obsession with everybody that she would date at that point in her life. Andrew ended up hating the job he had in New York. He wanted a new start. And he found one in Pennsylvania. He found a family practice. And he, he loved it. He felt at home. And he finally felt to himself. This is a place that I could stay. He had a little house. Right across from the practice. He could walk to work. So. Things are going good for Andrew. At this point. He's got a good job. He's in a place he feels happy. Confidence growing for the first time 
since the breakup of the fiancé engagement thing. <laughs> you know, he's finally, uh, you know, feeling better, okay? And I get it. It was a bad breakup, right? I, I overreacted. Right? <laughs> so anyway, um, Shirley feels that Andrew is slipping away, and he is. Thank God. She go to visit him. Yeah, you know, bye. <laughs> She's getting weird. And at one point, Andrew's like, you know what? It's over. He breaks up with her. Even takes her to the airport and watches her get on the plane to leave. She's going back to Iowa. A new start for Andrew, right? Well, get this. Shirley doesn't feel that way. She gets to Iowa, steps off the plane, and decides to get right into her car, that's right, and drive 1,000 miles right back to Pennsylvania. Psycho. Anybody that does that? Oh, boy, you are in a lot of trouble. She showed up at Andrew's doorstep the very next morning after he watched her fly away and went, what the F are you doing here? And she said, we need to talk. We have more to talk about. It's not over. All this shit. Andrew's like, I got to go to work. Listen, we'll talk later. (laughs) So he's got to go to work. And he's telling people at work what's going on. They're like, oh my God, man. Take care of yourself. Be safe. This is dangerous, I think. Don't trust this lady. (laughs) And Andrew shouldn't. She's weird. Bad past. You know? Should have never, ever dated her. What were you thinking, Andrew? Bad, bad call. Just bad choice. He even tells a few people at the residence that he's going to meet up with Shirley later on that day. And he even tells a co-worker, after my meeting with Shirley, I'll hang out with you. I'll come over to your house. He meets Shirley. I believe it was, uh, you know, early evening. Late afternoon. And then Andrew doesn't show up to his friend's house a couple hours later. One thing to know about Andrew Bagby. He was never late. And when Andrew didn't walk through that door that night, they knew something was wrong. Andrew was shot five times by Shirley Turner in a parking lot. Shot in the head the back I think she even shot him in the ass in cold blood she couldn't live without him right no she didn't want him alive if he wasn't going to be with her it didn't take too long to figure out who shot Andrew I think it took the cops about five minutes Well, Shirley's on her way back to Iowa, of course, because she's got to work, too. She ends up telling the cops the first story is she called off work that day because she had a migraine. She was bedridden all day. (laughs) What a great alibi. Migraine. Love it. I've had a migraine a couple times. They suck. And yes, you're in bed most of the day. So that was her first story. Well... Why is it that the cops are 
seeing your car uh, in, in places in Pennsylvania that day? And why is it that your phone records show you're calling people in Cleveland? Shout out to Cleveland. And other places on the way to Pennsylvania. You were not in Iowa that day. Okay, that's right. Okay, okay. And I love this. It goes to show how guilty she was <laughs> when her first story didn't work. And then after that, her story changes with the circumstances. Anyway, the fact is, she killed Andrew. Everybody knew it. Even Shirley. So Shirley is eventually arrested, of course. But she makes bail. She made bail. And who bailed her out? Her psychiatrist. There's going to be a lot of things in this story that make no sense. <laughs> but she made bail. Okay. But here's the thing. And this is just incredible. Shirley says she's pregnant. Pregnant with Andrew's kid. Nobody believes it. By God. What? He's having sex with this lady? <laughs> Andrew, what were you thinking, bro? I'm so, I'm so mean. I, I take that back. No, I don't take that back. I know, right? She's pregnant with Andrew's child. What a twist of the story. You can't write this stuff, folks. Hollywood couldn't write this story. This documentary. It's, it's an incredible story. Am I right? Those of you who enjoy documentaries, it's pretty well known that this doc is one of the most just heart-wrenching and disturbing stories ever. And it's done very well by the director of this doc. He rips your heart out at certain times. But he also shows you just how great of a person Andrew was. Um, that's some of my best parts in this doc. Or that watching Andrew give speeches, uh, being a best man, uh, Andrew acting in some of Kurt's earlier work when they were kids, and how Andrew would swear and, and love it because the only time he could swear was in these movies that his friend would make. So they would love to just be other people and to swear and have fun. I know, Andrew, acting was fun, right? That's what it's supposed to be. Andrew was having fun. And I love the fact that you get to see that stuff. I love it. I love it. I tried looking up his yearbook in, uh, in classmates.com. I couldn't find it. I was hoping to get a look at Andrew when he was in high school. His high school picture. Couldn't find it. But I, I felt that Kurt, the director, was um, very talented with that aspect of the doc. A lot of people disagree with me, uh, saying the doc was scattered and in that it didn't flow well. I thought that it served its purpose. It was supposed to be like that. I mean, think about the story. It's scattered. It's tattered. It's torn. It's it, it rips apart. It's it's here. It's there. You're here. You're there. You, I mean. I, th I felt that if it was just a plain Jane doc, but, but that's boring. So good for you, Kurt. I disagree with a lot of people out there that felt the quality wasn't good enough. Fuck that. What is this thing with quality all of a sudden? That everything has to be top notch, 
uh, everything's got to look perfect and the quality of it. You know what? Maybe it was supposed to have that rustic feel, uh, a sort of, uh, what would you say, an independent feel. And you know how I feel about independent movies. I say good for you, Kurt. Didn't have to be perfect. It had to be uh, the way you filmed it, how you were feeling, and everything about that. Because Kurt brought himself into this project. He showed how uh, amazing Andrew's parents were, David and Kate. And they were just amazing people, are still amazing people. Uh, All the things that they had to deal with. So a little input, my opinion on the doc, how I felt about it. I'd, I'd give it a 9 out of 10 because it got the job done. It moved you. You felt something when you watched it. God damn it. That's what art is. When you, when you sit down to watch something and you're watching it and the part that really makes you upset and you, oh, and you almost have to stop it and finish your cry because you just keep crying and you would miss the next scene. Okay, so I I note here, and this is important. The parents of Andrew decide to move to Canada so they could do all they can to gain custody when the child is born. This is very important to the grandparents of Zachary. She'll end up giving birth. It's a boy, Zachary. And it looks just like Andrew. (laughs) Am I right about that? That... That face, right? The pudgy little face and everything. Adorable. Sorry, Andrew was adorable. He was an adorable guy. I think uh, that'd be a good way to describe him. Wonderful and adorable. And his son probably would have been the same thing. Zach. So Zach is born on July 18th, 2002. And uh, you really get to know Andrew in the doc, like I said. And the director, Kurt, was on a mission to interview anybody he could. From both sides of Andrew's family. His mom's side. His dad's side. I guess Andrew's mom was from uh, England. So Kurt went out there. Interviewed people. And really did an amazing job. Getting a feel for everything Andrew. Because that's what it's all about. This doc. Andrew. Kurt loved Andrew. And he wasn't the only one. It almost seems like. Hundreds. Of people loved Andrew. Hundreds. And you see these people in the dock. Talk about Andrew. And they cry. They miss him so much. He meant a lot to them. Andrew could sit down with you. And just talk about anything. He made you feel comfortable. And he made you feel like you were important. He listened to you. Right? That's a quality among people. That is just so rare. These days. So rare. Listening to people. Actually listening to them. Instead of waiting to talk. But Andrew would listen. He cared about you. He wanted your love. And he wanted his love to touch you. And uh, very rare to have a person like Andrew touch so many lives. It's a rare thing. To know that many people. And for them to genuinely love you. Not just, yeah, he's a good guy. Oh yeah, I like so-and-so. No, they loved him. 
It's a very touching story. And well done by Kurt to portray that in the doc. Interviewing people. All the people he talked to. You could tell in the doc, he talked to a lot of people. I guess the grandparents had to wait a whole month to visit Zach. Why? The murderer mom makes bail. She's out walking around. She gets arrested again. She gets let out. By, by okay, We're going to mention this lady's name. I have it right here. Justice Gail Welsh believed that Turner was not a threat. This is a judge said that Turner was not a threat and that killing Andrew was an isolated incident. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard me right. A judge felt ha, Shirley was not a threat to the public. So was her past information withheld from this judge? I sure the hell hope so. Because if the judge knew the past of Shirley and still let her walk, that is a complete incompetence on every level. Whether she knew it or not, this judge felt that Shirley wasn't a threat. An isolated incident, she said. Yeah, sure. She only had an issue with Andrew. And since he's dead, she'll be fine. Wow. These are judges making these decisions, people. Boy, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. What the hell was going on here? But when the grandparents finally were able to visit their grandson the first time, they were awestruck on how, huh, how similar Andrew and Zachary were. And for the grandparents, it was like looking at their son again. And that touched me. Just that little bit of information touched me. Um, I'm a dad, so I can almost identify with that sentiment. And if my child was gone and then you had the ability to see them again somehow through another person's eyes. And this being your grandson and, and Zach looking like Andrew. I'm sure it was, oh, wow. Because Andrew had just been murdered and they're getting over that. But then like, it's almost like Andrew being reborn within Zach. And they were kind of getting their son back in a weird way. And I think they kind of felt that. Zach definitely filled a void within them with Andrew being gone. Am I right? I think I am. All right, I have to note this. One of the things that uh, I felt was important to note. How strange it must have been for Andrew's parents having to communicate with Andrew's murderer who just so happens to be the mom of their grandchild and having to sort of just get through that, deal with that. How? How could they? They had to. If they wanted to see Zach, they had to communicate, talk to, see this, sorry folks, bitch. They had to see this bitch every time they had to see their grandson. How horrible that must have been for David and Kate. Sorry, David and Kate. My heart goes out to you. You have no idea. 
but the worst is yet to come. So the grandparents try to see Zach as much as possible, having to deal with Shirley and how upsetting that is, uh, coming home and crying about the situation, how messed up it is, that Shirley is, is raising this child when they should be raising it. Uh, David and Kate felt that they should be raising Zachary. I agree. I would have kidnapped that kid. I have. Oh, it would have been no problem for me to kidnap that kid. And guess what? That's exactly what they were plotting and planning to do. David and Kate are awesome people. And they're right. I would have been doing that too. I'm sure they had plans laid out. And how they were going to kidnap Zachary. Or just plain out kill Shirley. I think David even said that. He was going to go rogue. And just take off one night. Kill Shirley. And then go to prison. So that Zach would be with the mom. Or the grandma. Dave? Yeah. I could see that. I'd be thinking the same thing. Anything to get that kid away from Shirley. One of the interviewed people in the doc. Had a wonderful quote. Here it is. Quote. Although things started tragically. With Andrew's death. Zachary is the blessing he left behind. End of quote. Wonderful. Perfect. And he was. I love how the director. Incorporated Andrew's photographs. Into the doc. Andrew loved photography. Kurt didn't even know this. And Kurt was pretty good. He was an artist. And Kurt put his art in the dock. Good. I love it. Zachary turns one. And it's plain now. Zachary definitely prefers the grandparents' love over Shirley. Shirley is a fake mom. You can hear it in the dock. The recording she has talking to Zachary over the phone. Zachary, hi, I love you. You love me? Oh, no. How fake. That's not how you sound. I don't got it. What a performance, my good mommy. Do I sound like I'm a good mommy? No, you're not. You are disturbed. You're sick. You should be in a hospital. Better off, you should be in prison. Then on August uh, 18th, 2003, Shirley does the unthinkable. Murder, suicide. She straps Zachary onto her. Gives him um, something to ease his pain. It's reported Zachary was probably in sedation before Shirley walked into the ocean and drowned both of them. Murder-suicide. The signs were there. Blaring signs David and Kate saw. Why didn't the uh, courts see the same thing? Who are they really rooting for? And this is a problem even today. It's getting worse. This uh, Innocence Project stuff. I get it. There are some people that are wrongfully convicted. It doesn't happen that often, though. This, uh, I don't know. This love for murderers. Oh, 
they had such a rough childhood. Oh, a lot of people that have rough childhoods. They don't go out killing people. Got to hold them accountable. Okay? They're sick. Get them help. She kills Zachary. And in the dock, Kurt does it perfectly. Though disturbing, he pulls it off. And boy, do you feel enraged. I mean, you are jawed. There are people that said they turned off the dock right there and then. They had enough. And I get it. And I get it. It just fills you full of everything all at once. Rage, hurt, sadness, confusion. uh, Everything. Everything. So, artistically, Kurt did his job as a director in a documentary. Because that's what he felt. We felt it too. And we didn't even know Andrew. We didn't even know David and Kate and Shirley and the whole cast of characters. Just imagine how upset all the people were that knew Andrew. That knew young Zachary. Got to hold him for his short life. Like holding Andrew again. And having him taken away by this bitch. And that's exactly who she was. A disturbed bitch. But a bitch nonetheless. And most of all, most of all, Andrew's parents, David and Kate, do I feel sorry for them? I feel so sorry for them. They're so strong. Just going through this. I can only imagine the pain in their hearts. And there's somebody else in the documentary that was interviewed said that she hasn't prayed since this happened. That's powerful. There are snippets of footage shown in the dock of young Zachary meeting some of Andrew's friends, uh, seeing how, um, I don't know, scared little Zach is of these people he doesn't know. Um, and then we get a glimpse of the uh, ex fiance, and her name is Heather. And I put, sorry, <laughs> I just don't like seeing Heather. What are you doing touching Zach? <laughs> My asshole. <laughs> My friend. For just being like that. Like, am I sticking up for Andrew that much? You fall for Andrew in this stock. So yeah. Yeah. I am sticking up for him in this. For all those out there. Who've been tragically dumped. And him being just dumped. At a, I mean, okay, getting ready for a wedding, right? He was probably so happy, right? Because she's a cute girl, as Heather, the, the woman, the fiance, the ex fiance. She was, she's pretty. Angie was probably in cloud nine the whole time. And then, can't get into that, folks, because I could talk, t- and I don't even know why they broke up, but God, give me three hours. I'll just keep going on and on about it. I can't do that. We gotta end this show. The good thing that came out of this. Tragic story. Tragic for sure. Is that the grandparents, David and Kate, changed laws. Stiffening. Right? Constricting these laws against these murderers. 
and how they're, they're treated. I mean, Shirley was just let go. And David and Kate are doing all they can to uh, make sure that these people are treated the way they should be treated. I mean, why are we, why was Shirley treated so well? <laughs> because she was little? She was a little lady? I mean, she looked like she was like 5'1", 95 pounds. I mean, she was a little thing. Is that what it was? Oh, you're so little. You wouldn't hurt anybody. You're so cute. Let her go. It's okay. It's okay. She was like a little doll. <laughs> God, I hope that's not true. So David and Kate are, are doing great with that. I mean, changing the laws, they ain't easy. You see David up there um, giving speeches about this. Making the laws more strict. Good for you. That's not easy. And they feel it because of what happened. They're doing the right thing. And they are. And I just want to point this out before we wrap it up. All right. Eight people, eight, had restraining orders against Shirley Turner before she was let out of prison. Even a prison doctor said that he had her on suicide watch. Why was she let go like that? Was it because she was so little? God, I hope that's not true. Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. My name's Jeff Tarowski. Support the show. Go on iTunes. Go on my website. I have a donate button on my show. Those of you who really like my show, you can donate to it. I don't make any money whatsoever. That's why I don't do them as often as I do. Because I've been doing it for about seven years. And... My show is just not as popular as it should be in terms of making money. Plus, I swear a lot. I, my opinions are too out there. And I just, I say what I want. It's my show. I'm going to do it the way I want. So the only way I can really make any money whatsoever is through donations. It's on my website. It's a little donate button. I think it's on the upper right-hand corner. Click on it. Donate 50 cents. 50 cents. Right? I could buy nothing with 50 cents. But if I have a couple donations with 50 cents, pack of gum, and I can't do gum anymore, I got bad teeth. I do. I loved gum when I was a kid. I can't do it now. So please donate to the show. Support it. It means a lot to me. It really does. So hope everybody's well. I'm doing okay. Um, actually doing very well. You hit snags in life, but you learn something from it and you move on. And that's what I do, right? Everybody hits snags. We had a snag recently. Now we're, we're doing fine. And you, you just, you feel bad. I feel so much better and stronger, right? Because we get through certain things and uh, live and learn, right? Uh, the kids are great. The dog has allergies. He's a mess. <laughs> Poor little guy. Get this little dog. He has eye issues, ear issues, skin issues. The poor guy. I just try to make him comfortable. I put lotion on him. I clean out his ears. He gets eye snot. You know, I mean, it's just a... And I take him to the doctor. And they give me medicine. And he's fine for like three weeks. And then he's right back to where he was. And it's just like... <laughs> you know, the $250 uh, vet bill. And... 
It doesn't do anything. The poor guy has allergies. And here I am talking about my dog. But some of my listeners may have dogs, cats, hamsters, bunnies, I don't know. And they love animals. We do too. I love cats too. Um, Everything outside. I watch the birds, the squirrels, the chipmunks, everything. Uh, The one animal that I, I don't trust and I don't like are raccoons. I've ran into a few in my past. Oh boy. They're just nasty little fuckers. And I don't trust them. So be careful out there. Those raccoons, oh. <laughs> oh, they're ruthless. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed this documentary. Of oh, the show about the documentary. Uh, give me comments, uh, reviews, whatever. Things that I could do better. I know I can always do better to improve. But this doc was recommended. It was hard to do. Touchy subject. And you could tell, get very animated. When I talk about something so passionately, like a show like this, I started off kind of sad and then it did levels of ugh, emotion and talking about certain subjects. And that's what I hope you listen to at this show is getting somebody that's not, you know, talking like in, in the documentary, the, the, the guy with the face and the, the voice and. It was 1965, and we killed Fran. Next day, the police were knocking on the door. I listen to shows for the content, and that's how a lot of these shows sound. And that's fine. You know, you're getting the content, you get the information. But hopefully people listen to my show, and they get a little something different, some emotion. There's not much emotion out there. People are afraid to show emotion, even on their shows. And in the, some of these shows I do listen to, and it, they're a little, there's a little more color. It's, it's kind of fake. Some of people are faking it just to be entertaining. I, I hope I don't ever come across fake. This really me. Uh, it, when you're hearing me talk about something, that's really me being me. And uh, I hope you appreciate that about the show. Anyway, thank you once again. I'm out. God bless you. Have a good one.